And welcome back, Central Texas, for the fourth and final segment. With me still, Matt Lesper, 1836 Property Group, Mike Price, Senior Loan Officer, NRL Mortgage. And uh, joining us this segment is uh, Jack Grimes, Financial Advisor with Waddell and Reed. Jack, good to have you in here. How are you doing this Sunday? Doing great. Thanks. So uh, obviously, financial planner, financial advisor. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do, who you are, all the good stuff you want our listeners to know. Sure. Uh, moved to Austin about 20 years ago after I got out of the Army. Uh, you know, Typical education down at Texas State. Uh, got into financial planning with American Express back in 1998 and was appointed in 1999. Uh, two kids, Circle C, you know, not, not too okay. unusual. All right. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what's uh, who's your target audience, your target market, your ideal client uh, for our listeners out there? Um, really, you know, anybody that has a goal and wants to reach it. You know, we've always wanted to work with people that, you know, had a goal and had the uh, money, so to speak, to work towards a goal. Uh, you know, long term over the years, I've worked with people that had as little as $100 a month and, you know, people that had two or three million. So, you know, we really don't have account minimums, but I'd say, you know, our, our average client is in between 40 and 50 years old in an accumulation process, you know, planning towards retirement, college education. So let me ask you, uh, me being a little on the younger side, you know, I'm still, still in my early 30s. I got a little late jump, I think, on my investment portfolio getting started i think i I think i was a little behind when would you say when is it is it ever too early really to start you know kind of retirement planning planning for your future no we actually have uh a second generation client in our practice who is 19 years old uh started out with a two thousand dollar investment and gives me uh fifty dollars a month okay yeah never too early so as far as um you know your strategy with the younger folk i mean do you kind of just say is it you know what you what can you afford or what you think you can afford do you recommend maybe a certain percentage hey you should be putting x percent of your income away you know at a young age versus um it, well, it really kind of depends, um, you know, especially with with younger clients. It's, it's taking a look at their cash flow and seeing if if saving right now is even doable. I mean, unfortunately, so many of our, you know, the youth coming out of college are saddled with, you know, college debts and it might not be the right time. Um, you know, and, and looking at long-term financial planning, you want to put retiring debt at 16 to 20 percent interest, you know, ahead of investing at anywhere from 7 to 12. So Yeah, I'm, I, I've, I tend to be a little naughty with my credit cards sometimes, yeah. and that's what my, <laughs> my financial guy... Is uh, everybody? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's when, well, you know, it's like, oh, I'll get to it next month, and the right. next month, you know, and the next thing you know, I definitely think I was... Uh, behind the uh, eight ball there. Matt, why don't you, I know you're always, you know, you're kind of our investment guru, um, you know, rental alternative investment. Well, I mean, what kind of questions do you got for Jack or, or thoughts as far as, you know, on the investment side, working with a financial planner, you know, to diversify maybe with some real estate versus traditional, you know, stocks, bonds, things like that. Yeah. So I guess my main question is, is that I see a lot of people sell what they know, but they don't really give an overall perspective on here's some options for you. Maybe these are great. Maybe these are not great, you know, but, but here's some things in the marketplace. Um, obviously, you know, 
financial planners that I know, they're, well, you should buy this. You should give me all your money and I'll take care of things. Don't worry about it. And then people that invest in real estate, you know, because that's what we know, right. uh, will go, well, we like real estate investments, but I, I do give the caveat of there are the other options. And if you can get a greater rate of return on something else, that's what you should do for your family because that's the objective. Do you advise people uh, as far as comparing and contrasting some of the options? I had a guy, and, and sorry to interrupt you before you even answer, I had a guy in my office this week. He comes in and he's debating between bonds and buying real estate, but he wants to pay all cash, no leverage, and he wants the income now. And once we ran the numbers uh, on the real estate, he was going to start just above 6%, but it was going to climb to nine within five years. He came back a day later and said, I'll just do bonds because I don't want the headache. And But what bonds right now, I mean, I've got some money in bonds and, and that's just not producing because interest rates are so low. What, what are right. your thoughts? Right. Well, we always, you know, preach a diversified portfolio. Right. And real estate is an integral part of that. Um, you know, of course, not giving investment advice, but we historically look at, you know, somewhere around 10% in a portfolio should have some real estate exposure, be that through an exchange traded fund or a mutual fund or, or a rental property. Um, I would say in my client base, 30 to 40 clients have some type of rental property, be it they bought a condo for their kid to go to college in and have now kept that and have turned that into an income stream to buying a rental property to to truly be a landlord. Um, everybody's different. You know, from a fiduciary standpoint, it's difficult for me to give advice on going and buying a rental property. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so we always have to you know be careful with that. But having owned uh, rental real estate myself, I can say that you know it produces a steady stream of income. Historically, appreciates. You know, it's a good investment. So it seems to me that the consumer uh, is lacking some information, and it's not that they can't find out what the bond rates are, that they can't find out what the stock market return is, what an expected return is on real estate, but the benchmarking against their peers seems to kind of be missing when you look at an overall comprehensive, what should I be doing? You know, if you're 20, 25, 40, 60, what, if this point in my life, what kind of rate of return should I be getting from a perfect balanced portfolio? Like what is the benchmark for that stage of their life? Is anything like that exist? Well, in a way it does, you know, everybody knows what the S and P 500 is. Everybody knows what the Dow is, but what most people are unaware of is that was not meant to be an investment tool. So really what you should benchmark yourself against is, like you said, at, at my age in life, am I getting the rate of return that is commiserate with the amount of risk, risk. that I'm willing to take on? And we all know what can happen with real estate. It's, you know, it's, it's <laughs> cyclical. Just oh, like come on, the Texas. We were all here you know, in here. I mean, it, you know, uh, real estate's just like any other equity investment. There are highs, there are lows. Um, but I think if you have a plan and you work the plan and... Patience. Yeah, what, patience. What would you say to the person, because I know a few people like this right now, the person that maybe took a nice lick in 2008, 2009, right, got hit kind of hard. Right. So they've, they've kind of then become ultra conservative, right? So they've sort of slowly been building their either their wealth or, or their reserves back. So I know, because I know quite a few people because I see them, they're kind of just sitting on cash right now, right? They're sitting on cash but they're scared, right? They're like, well, the market's been so good the last five years, you know, both stocks, bonds, and real estate's been so good the last five years, something's going to happen. And, I, you know, with my luck, I'm the guy that's going to go in and tomorrow it's going to go down 20%. And we're all here I am. Correction. Yeah, here right. I am again. What would right. you say to that person? I, Obviously, I not being say, super specific. Yeah, I mean, I know you yeah. can't do that. Um, I like the theory of dollar cost averaging. And that is basically 
taking a portfolio and saying, I'm going to buy a certain amount of X and I'm going to buy this amount over an 18 month period. If I was sitting on a large position in cash, this is me personally, I might look at say like an intermediate municipal bond fund to park it into where I could make two or 3% tax free and then roll out of that into an equity portfolio over the next 18 months. Because you're right, the last nine years uh, since March of 08, market's basically gone straight up. Um, it is a scary time, you know, to get in. And, and like you say, you don't want to be that guy. Yeah. You know, when music stops, I'm, I have no chair. Yeah. Um, I think the theory of dollar cost averaging is always sound, especially when you're coming from a cash asset that's really paying nothing into an equity asset that, you know, it's going to give you what the market gives you. So. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I know a few people like that. How about, I mean, without getting specific too, I get a lot of folks, especially ones that are kind of close to retirement, right? That mm -hmm. are like, well... I want to, and it, I guess it's more than more so, you know, I want, well, I want to pay off my house. I, mm -hmm. I don't want to have a mortgage. You know, I don't want to be retired and have a mortgage. But, you know, maybe they owe $50,000, $60,000 on their house, right? And so they're taking, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 either maybe out of cash that they have on hand or, you know, some other kind of retirement, you know, vehicle and pulling it out of something else just to pay their house off. You know, when interest rates are so low, to me, that doesn't necessarily seem like, you know, the best plan. Right. And, and one of the things that I would look at in that situation is sit down with a client with an amortization schedule and say, how much are you really paying in interest? Because if really all we're doing is paying back the principal, how much sense does it make to pull from an IRA where we have to pay income tax on every dollar that we pull out to pay off principal in a house that we live in? So, and it can be a, you know, a feelings more than facts type of conversation, but that's what I like to do with the client. Completely. I was just about to ask you, how many people do you have these verbal conversations with? But when you sit down and you write out the math, it's black and white. Uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this because should be a math-based yeah. equation. You should it make should. decisions based on the numbers. Mm -hmm. You know, right. we all have feelings and right. maybe you roll the dice. Maybe you're the guy that, you know, can't hit the seven, whatever it is, but this is a business decision, so. Right, and, 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 and historically, you know, clients that are that close to retirement, when we take a look at the numbers, they're like, wow, less than $1,000 a year is going towards interest. That same 50,000, what could that generate me in the market Absolutely. over the next seven years? And so that's really the conversation we have to have. But at the end of the day, it, it does a lot of times come down to feelings. You know, mm. I'm just gonna feel so much better you know, having this house paid off and having that, you know, that albatross from around my neck. And, and I get that, you know. There's just a cost to it. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. And, and we line that cost out. How about, uh, you know, another one, like I said, without getting too specific, I've got, uh, I've got some clients I know that, you know, their house is paid off, right? Mm -hmm. Money's super cheap right now. And a lot of these people are, you know, either entrepreneurs or they're also, you know, maybe some real estate, they do some real estate investment or investment. I'm telling them now, go out and get yourself a HELOC with like a fixed five to 10 year interest rate, get it, let it sit there. It does, you're not paying anything if you're not using it. But let's say real estate market takes a 20% dip. Let's say the stock market takes a 15% dip, right? You've now got access to super cheap money. You might have, you know, that you could get that, that rate fixed for let's say three and a half percent for 10 years, right? You've now got access to cheap money that isn't costing you anything if you're not using You know, that HELOC's just there. Mm -hmm. You can pull on if you need it. Versus if we have another dip, prices start to dip, right? Access to home equity gets cut off or rates go up. You're going to be kicking yourself, you know, in the butt because you're like, 
man, if I would have just listened to, you know, to somebody, you know, and I could have gone and jumped and bought that house down the road, or I could have jumped on, you know, jumped back in the market because the market took this dip. And, you know, I'm all about smart leveraging, at least personally. You know, there's a way to do it smart and, and there's a way to over leverage. And I think it's kind of a fine line. But what would, you, what would your thoughts be on that? You know, with respect to leverage, we, we have the same types of accounts. They're called margin accounts. Yeah. And as an advisor, you know, especially taking on the fiduciary role with a client, you always have to be extremely careful in advising leverage. So I would have to say that would be really client specific. And especially in talking about leveraging something like their home. Yeah. That, man, that would be a, that would be a tough conversation. The client would actually have to bring that to me for even, yeah, for, for, me, to even, yeah, for me to even give an, an opinion um, yeah. on that. But to your point, I have seen, uh, situations where, to your point, the, the client had a line of credit, they let it expire, and then when they needed it, it was they no longer available. Yeah. And I mean, I can say the and the, and the person I read about, well, the main one, I'm sure a lot of people know Tillman Fertitta. You know, he had all these, uh, Landry's company, he had all these yeah. uh, lines of credit. When everything hit the fan, he quadrupled his net worth yeah. because mm-hmm. he was able to go and scoop up all his competitors that were going broke yeah. because he had access to cheap credit and he, he didn't, he had no, yeah, he hadn't over leveraged yeah. himself. He literally, he quadrupled his net worth right after everybody else was getting clobbered because he just, he, and he said, he goes, he goes, I borrow money when it's easy to get. Right. Because that way I can take advantage of it when it's not. Anyway, guys, we've got about uh, a minute left. Jack, why don't you tell us how our uh, listeners can get a hold of you? Yeah, um, you can actually give us a call. Uh, you know, we have a main office here in Austin, have a satellite office in Dallas. Best way to get a hold of me, though, is typically my cell number at 512-906-9304 or reach us at our main office line at 512-453-3225. Okay, we appreciate having you on. We'll get yeah, you back you. in here soon. Uh, I want to thank uh, my co-host to fill in for the uh, day, Matt Leshber and uh, Mike Price. Uh, hopefully we did nearly as good a job as when Jason's steering the ship. This is my first time trying to steer the ship and uh i think we'll improve a little bit for next time but jason should be back next week um don't forget to uh check us out uh on facebook real estate radio with jason stubbs and then also a quick one don't forget our other sponsor uh dan kitterling assurance roofing uh give them a call for any of your roofing needs um otherwise uh we'll catch you all next sunday and don't forget also to check us out uh noon kbvo uh we'll see you next week central texas thanks 